Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. We are going towards saying that alumni is now part of our DNA. It's that gone but not forgotten mentality. This is Dania Ray, the Alumni Relations Manager at Seifert Shaw LLP, an international law firm with 17 offices across the globe. Dania has set up alumni programs for universities, the tech industry, and law firms. And she has proved that alumni can be organization's biggest brand advocates. They can support business development, and they can immensely contribute to organizations as boomerang hires. In this episode, Dania shares how to go about building a corporate alumni program from scratch, and she gives insight into ways to weave alumni into an organization's DNA. Dania reveals that the quality of member segmentation and targeted communication have the potential to make or break any organization's alumni efforts. And her advice? It takes a village to create a successful alumni program, allow others to help. Thanks for joining us today, Dania. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dania, today we get a chance to speak a little bit about building an alumni platform from the ground up. You've built a corporate alumni network previously for a data analytics provider, a global law firm, and now again, a big law firm. And they all want to kick off alumni relations. And I know that my audience is super excited and curious to hear about the ins and outs from you. Sure. Our leadership team realizes the importance of having a corporate alumni relations program. A few reasons why leadership is recognizing it is because of our brand ambassadors. They can be strong advocates and are 40% more influential than regular clients. Also, boomerangs. This year, I'm sure you guys all know that we are now labeled as the great resignation. And an average company can save thousands on rehires and boomerangs. The third is business development. So I partner with an alumni platform vendor, and they provided a case study that shows that $376 million in revenue comes from alumni at clients in the past six years. Also, 19% of global top 20 deals had instrumental alumni involvement. It's cross-functional. There's many benefits of having an alumni program, and we are going towards saying that alumni is now part of our DNA. It's that gone but not forgotten mentality. Yeah, there's a lot of recent data out there about the value of alumni networks. And you just mentioned the concrete value that organizations see. So we can measure a lot of those added benefits with metrics. What are typical metrics that you've seen in your work with different alumni programs? What are the type of metrics that you look at and what is the value of metrics? Sure. So when I started my first alumni program, it was hard to measure the ROI. We would measure how many members we had on the portal 
as well as how much alumni data we were able to have that's updated. So I think in the beginning, it was really easy to measure ROI but the, by the member growth and the data that we had. Now that corporate alumni programs have grown, we're able to measure ROI a lot more. I use our alumni online platform and we can track the metrics of how many members um, come to the site every day and what are they looking at? You know, are they interested in thought leadership topics? Are they interested in looking at jobs or the member directory? Another metric that we also measure is jobs. We post jobs on our job board and alums that come on, they can apply within the site and we can see if they are rehired and become boomerangs. Another way we can track metrics is if an alum brings us new business. I think that's really big and I can track that in the system as well. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of gems here. So let me dig a little bit deeper into the first one. You talked about all the technical aspects. So platforms have become super smart in recent years. How do you go about selecting an alumni platform? How do you pick what is a good match for an organization when you're looking in the market out there? Sure. So we have two choices. Either we build in-house Or we choose a specialized alumni portal that has done this many times, knows all of the trends. So that's that's something we have to decide. We talk about the pros and cons of each one, but I have used an alumni platform twice because of many reasons. One is that they're able to automate the data into our CRM, which is really big because You can put and add data in all day. You can constantly work on data and it really is a full-time job. If the alumni group you want to be more engaging and focus on ways to engage alumni, you basically have to really find a portal that can automate the data. So that's number one, because that's key. Number two is that we look for a solution that drives business development partners, so drives revenue. This portal can drive up to 80% of levers that stay in the company's ecosystem. So that's another way of saying that as soon as they leave, we would like to connect with them and add them to the portal. And it's a business development opportunity. Also, we have ability to create volunteers for community projects. We could develop certain groups on the portal. Segmentation is huge. I think it's huge for communities in general. And especially for the law firm I'm currently at right now, we have different practice groups. The portal can provide you with that. So if you're a labor and employment attorney and you put on the portal that you came from labor and employment, you'll open up the portal and only see content about labor and employment news, about labor and employment jobs, about labor and employment events. So it's really important, I think, to have alumni specified portal that can basically help you with all of the needs and what they're looking for. So you're basically looking for a platform that can help you tailor your messaging and tailor how your services are being delivered to the different groups that you've segmented out previously. Correct. And not only that, if we built it in-house, my main concern 
is do they have the bandwidth to constantly build? Because as you know, technology is changing every day and getting more advanced, especially with communities and alumni programs in in the industry. Let me dig a little deeper into the segmenting part, right? We know segmenting from marketing, where people look at typical data like uh, demographics, uh, age, geographic region, gender. That's not necessarily what we're looking at when we're segmenting for our corporate alumni networks. We're looking more at interests, what people like, what people dislike, where have they been before. The field of expertise is what I'm referring to. So how do you go about segmenting when you're an organization and you have, let's say, 300 former employees that worked with you? What is it specifically that you need to do to segment out your potential members? I think that's a great question. The first thing I would like to do is send out a survey to all of our alumni to see what they're interested in, what they would like to see more of, and what events they would like to attend. So based, I'm sure there'll be some other questions, but based on the findings, it will help us with content. I think it's really great to have an advisory board And I feel as if when you're starting a program, there should be an advisory board that is about three uh, people in our executive leadership team and preferably one alum. So that way we can have interest and also like from the alum that has left can say, hey, guys, I've talked to some of my colleagues that left and we're all interested in this. I think that's also really important and it brings a lot of ideas that we wouldn't think of before. And then also on the registration link, once it's created, there should be what practice department did you come from? And if you click on what practice group you came from and then on your registration, it's to say, what groups would you like to be a part of? And we could add the Women's Network, the Diversity and Inclusion Network, we can add sort of groups like that. So once they complete their registration, it will help us with our segmentation. Very good. So you're looking at the field of expertise, but you're also looking at personal interests. If they have diversity, equity, and inclusion or sustainability efforts that they want to be part of and that they want to support as well. I love that you brought up the advisory board here. So this is one of the best practices that we see in the community space. You not only reach out to everybody in the organization that has a hand in it, but you also put together some people from different interest groups, bring them to the table and do your fact finding. You dig really deep, you do brainstorming sessions and you get everybody's input and point of view because the more diverse the point of view is that you can bring in, the better your alumni network and your services and your your products and your portfolio can be in the end. So I like that you're bringing together people who are actually working right now and also people who've already left the organization. And retirees should be considered as well in certain circumstances because they have different needs as well. Correct. Correct. That's the first thing I do when I start an alumni program. I become familiar with the firm's culture. And this involves me going on a listening tour and meeting people in our offices. I feel as if it's, if you can, better to meet executives face-to-face. It shows a better like relationship at the start. And the second thing I do is I review what alumni data we have, because sometimes they might have data in one office, but not in another office. 
So before reinventing the wheel, just looking to see what alumni data we have and meeting with the technology team to discuss the best place to store the data. Data is usually the biggest, biggest challenge for us when we're coming in to start with the network. Either it's incomplete or it's outdated or we have it in systems that don't migrate well into the new system that we're choosing for our alumni network. So that's usually one of those things that keeps up alumni managers at night. (laughs) It's correct because you just are overwhelmed. You know, for example, I looked and I saw in our interaction, we had 6,000 alums. I'm like, oh, this is so great. But then I removed the business staff for now because we're only including attorneys when we launched the program. And then it would jump down to like 1,800 attorneys. And then I removed the deceased. And then it just kept going down. (laughs) And then at, at some point, I just realized that it's better to start off from scratch. So... So that's what you're doing now, starting it out where you're now bringing the people in that are here and that are leaving now and then taking slow baby steps and including those people that you have data from, from the past. Correct. And I also have a LinkedIn recruiter license at the firm. So I was able to just filter and see attorneys that had a working history at Cyfarth, for example, and then it pulled up around a thousand attorneys. People update their LinkedIn all the time. I felt as if that's where I'm going to get the correct updated data. Gotta love technology. (laughs) Gotta love technology. One of the other things that we typically need to do when we're being brought into an organization is to make sure people have an understanding of what the actual goals are for the alumni network and they have realistic expectations and that, that we have full buy-in for that alumni network. How do you go about doing that? Well, it's pretty easy on my end. Everyone is so excited uh, for this program because it seems as if this is something that is going to be really successful. And the good thing about my firm are the people. I realized that by meeting with leadership and traveling to the other offices, the people are really genuine and smart and great. And I think that's going to make developing this alumni program a lot more easier. That sounds amazing. You say you have full buy-in from senior leadership and from everybody in the law firm. What are the goals? What is it that they want to accomplish with that network? I believe one of the goals is business development. Alums can be one of our biggest brand advocates when they leave and they have a great experience. And if they go in-house to a client, that's a win-win for both of us. Also, another goal is boomerangs. We would love to rehire attorneys that have left and want to come back because that saves thousands of dollars. They already know the culture. Maybe an associate started at Cyfarth and they left to gain more knowledge and to bring it back to the firm. And that's another one of our goals. And brand advocacy is the third business driver, just constantly talking about what a great firm Cyfarth is and talking to their friends, telling clients about it. I think that's all going to generate business and also positive feedback to the firm. So it sounds like you've already completed the goal setting and people are very clear about that. (laughs) 
Yes. And I think that's, that's pretty common for law firms and companies in general. The business drivers are usually business development, brand ambassadors, and also talent development. How do you manage expectations around a timeline and around the type of engagement that you're going to get immediately and the growth? Because we know people would rather have us start yesterday than today. And oftentimes executives want us just to start with a platform and kick it off. But there's a lot that needs to be done in the planning phase, in the strategy phase ahead of time. So how do you manage those expectations that people realize it's not a two-week thing before you can actually invite people onto the platform? So I provide leadership with a sample timeline because people don't know what's involved in creating an alumni program. A lot of times they don't realize all the different components Mm-hmm. that you have to work on in order to create a successful alumni program. The first thing is to assess and organize the data. That's going to be ongoing, like forever and ever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> never ends. <laughs> the second is alumni portal demos. Yeah. So, and then having an internal launch at the, for the firm's alumni program, and then an external launch for the firm's alumni program. And sometimes people say, well, what do you mean? What what does that mean? So an internal launch is creating all the marketing content and communications for the intranet, getting attorneys excited, maybe doing some postings on the internal TV screens, maybe even do a campaign. The external part is having, of course, the alumni portal and the launch on our external website. There's so much content for the community, such as alumni spotlights. People are really interested in knowing where their colleagues went or what they're doing. So you mentioned the alumni spotlight pro bono work that you're involving your former employees with. What are the other services that typically a law firm would offer to their alumni? Where would they bring together former and current employees? Because for you, they both have access to the platform, right? Yes, correct. So I would say continued education is big for law firms and share updates on any new resources, presentations, or webcasts. Some examples could be CLE events, webinars, training, and development. I I would also say for content, besides featuring an alumni spotlight, we can even feature a boomerang spotlight. I I think that's a pretty cool idea. And it's inspiring alumni spotlight stories, diverse in age, practice area, maybe alums who went in-house as well. So it's, it's all about connecting the dots. Full circle. You're taking it full circle from the people who are currently here to the people who left to the people who returned. So it's the entire employment life cycle that you're actually featuring. Yeah, it's a full service integration. I think the last thing is job opportunities. So advertise in-house and client in-house job opportunities. And I think that will be really helpful for clients that are looking to post in-house positions on our job site. Let me get that right. You're actually posting jobs, external jobs on your platform so that people who work with you can find jobs elsewhere. So there's two things to go about it. 
one alums can go back on the job site and they can look to see in-house opportunities at other companies and they can apply. And that will also ultimately hopefully bring us more business. The second is if people are thinking of leaving, they're going to leave anyway. They're going to leave if we help them out or not. So my thought is if we help them out and they start working in-house or at a company that they're really happy with, it's just going to improve the relationship. It will improve the relationship with the client and it will also improve the relationship with the alum that's leaving. So Well, it's business development, it's brand ambassadorship, and it's actually helping your current clients out if they're looking for an in-house counsel, for an in-house attorney. So I actually yeah. like this approach a lot because it's not, oh my God, who are we losing? But how can we help the people that we have here that maybe want to have a change in their life? How can we help them in their next steps? And that's something that a lot of alumni networks do that I often hear really critical thoughts about is why would you help people in your alumni network with uh, job interview training, with putting together resumes? You said what's exactly right. If people want a change, they're looking for jobs anyways. And it's about how are you treating them as they're exiting your organization that has that huge impact for that lasting relationship. Will they consider coming back to you? Will they speak positively about you? Will they want to keep in touch? So I totally love that you're doing that, that you're actually showcasing job opportunities on that platform for people who may need it, current or former employees. Yeah, I believe it makes sense. Again, this is this is what I believe. I know certain people <laughs> at law firms um, are a little sensitive and they don't want to lose good people. But again, like I said, if they're looking, they're going to look anyway. So it's better that, you have control over it and you can actually place your team members with an organization that appreciates them and that you already have a good relationship with so that you can continue that relationship with your members. Correct. Awesome. So we're working in alumni relations and we know that a lot of what we do is based on trial and error. And that's exactly how it should be, right? We go in and we test and what works we keep, what doesn't work, we just throw out. You've been in this business for quite a while now. Is there something that you say, oh my God, please don't try this anymore. It never works. It always ends badly. I would say the LinkedIn alumni group doesn't work. Every company seems to think that having a LinkedIn alumni group works, but it doesn't. Alumni join, but it's not engaging. You usually spend time writing content and having your team members liking what you wrote. And it's just not that engaging. So it's basically about the push and the pull. We're pushing information through the LinkedIn alumni networks and people are pulling it, but there is no active engagement that's two-sided. It's all very one-sided through those LinkedIn groups. Yes. I don't see any engagement on their end. And the whole purpose of having an alumni community is to engage with one another. I felt as if in the past, companies and and law firms were saying, okay, yes, LinkedIn alumni group, this is great because we can start creating a community before we roll out the alumni portal, which made sense. But after I did it a few times, I realized that I'm writing to myself 
Uh, and also just seeing uh, their data, it's hard to see anything about where they went or even their email address. They're, they're just in a group and it will show 400 members, 500 members. But I think it's more quality than quantity. Yeah, exactly. You don't see the engagement among no. members with each other. And the hardest that I've seen happen here as well is once you're ready to go live with your platform, mm -hmm. how you get people from LinkedIn over to where you actually want them to be. Because you have no control over third-party platforms like LinkedIn or Facebook, right? There's mm -hmm. many out there. You don't have any control over that. Like you said, you don't have insights because you don't have access to the data and the analytics. So how you get people over there, that's a nightmare typically as well. Correct. Yeah. Is there anything that you absolutely have to consider, absolutely have to do, and things you shouldn't do anymore other than the LinkedIn groups? Yes, I would say that it's important to have an exit interview strategy. This is the great resignation and people are going from job to job. I don't want to lose their email address. Also, finding out what company or firm they're going to is important as well because we can find out if they're one of our clients or if they're one of someone that we're hoping to be a client or if they're going to a big law firm, also that segmentation. Because some people that are at a law firm, they can go anywhere. They can go into government. They can go into academia. So it's just helpful to know for segmentation purposes and also for reporting purposes. And you're mentioning the offboarding, but I know that you are also including the alumni network information during the onboarding already. That's correct. Because I also found out that it's, really hard to chase people once they're leaving. <laughs> I would always be the girl when I would find out that they're leaving tomorrow and I would send them emails, welcome to the alumni network. First of all, they wouldn't know who I am. Second of all, I don't even know if they knew we had an alumni network. And it's just easier to get them into the network. I, I believe it's really important to have current attorneys in the alumni program because it's an additional resource to them. They can connect and network with other people that used to work there. And also, I, I don't see it being an issue at all. So you include current attorneys and current team members as well as former team members? Yes, current attorneys as well as attorneys that have left. I feel as if it takes a village to create a successful alumni program. My advice is to provide information about the alumni network during their onboarding. You don't want to get them when they're running out the door. Perfect. Yes. So let me ask you, what is a good day for you? A good day is when I have two different sort of good days. The first is when I reach out to alums, letting them know that we have an alumni program and ask them to join. Most of them will write me back and say, wow, this is so great. I'm so glad the firm has this. I can't wait to join and reconnect with my colleagues and friends. That's a great day. And even during COVID, I launched an alumni program, I think a week after COVID hit. And we were kind of sensitive. Do we really want to launch this? This might be too much. After uh, a month or so, I said, I think we should because people are sitting in their houses and they just want to connect with somebody. 
So it really worked out. I wrote sensitive, very well thought emails to them and said, how are you doing? We have this new alumni community. And I really had a lot of people write back to me, tell me how they're doing. Like, okay, so this is what's going on with me. I'm not doing too well. They wrote me a lot of communication. I thought that worked in our favor. But so that's another good day. And the last is throwing in-person events. I believe in-person events are slowly starting to happen. Um, I feel as if people in the community want to be more social. They want to go to social events which will only help my alumni program because once it launches, then I'm going to start throwing events and everybody's going to come because <laughs> everybody just wants to get out of their house. Seeing people together, hugging, reconnecting, just making up for the last two years. I think that's going to be great. Do you think that because of COVID, the community sector has changed? More companies are looking now at alumni networks. What's your experience with that? Yeah, I think we've had a lot of time during COVID to really think and assess and, and miss seeing people in person. Um, we've had webinars. I'm sure every law firm and company has had webinars. Zoom fatigue is real. People are now not even showing their face on Zoom anymore. They're just exhausted. I think companies realize the significance of having an alumni relation program or community after COVID even more so. I strongly feel that every organization must invest in having a corporate alumni community. We're going to see a rise in corporate alumni networks. Firms are now recognizing the value and benefits of having this program. You can see it for boomerangs, business development, pro bono and community service. It's priceless, basically. It's priceless. <laughs> I mean, it's a no-brainer. I want to say 90% of law firms have an alumni network at this point. But it's interesting to see other companies that you really didn't think would have one. It's, it's just fascinating to see. It is fascinating. Priceless and a no-brainer with those words. I would like to thank you for being on the show today, Dania. Thank you for sharing your know-how with our audience. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe. Tell a friend and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.